Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Hey, good morning. How are you this morning? How's it going? Today, I just want, I, I love starting out with a story, so I want to just, I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine this. Imagine that you like had this like rich uncle. You know, you had this rich uncle and, you know, your family would go over and visit and your uncle always, you know, kind of really, you know, kind of liked you and, you know, he'd, he'd get you things. And when you went to his house, I mean, it was like a mansion. It was a beautiful house. And man, when you had like cookouts and dinners, it was always the best of foods and there were, there were maids all over the place and, and he would like buy your bikes. And as you grow older, you know, he... He would, uh, like, say you were in trouble, like financially you need some help or you needed advice. And he was always there for you and he, he would help you out. And, you know, and you were out and you had already graduated college and everything. And then all of a sudden, one day you get a message. And in that message, it says, you are invited to come to the reading of a will meaning your uncle's will. You're, you're coming now to find out because he has already written out everything that he owns. He's written out and he says, he tells everybody what they're going to inherit. Now, I can't imagine. Can you imagine what you were thinking if you had a rich uncle who really loved you, who paid attention to you, you know, as you went to that, uh, that uh, reading of the will and find out, you would be thinking, what, I wonder what I'm going to get. I wonder, I wonder what's, you know, what, what he, he's inviting me, so I must be receiving something. Now, this is exactly what Revelations 21 and 22 is. It actually is a reading of our inheritance and what's going to happen after, uh, you know, Jesus returns and, and he opens the books and your name is in the book of life. And now he's going to show you in chapter 21 and 22, he's going to show you your inheritance. And so today I want you to be encouraged because I'm excited about this. Now, for those, if you haven't figured this out, the Bible starts all the way back in Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 1, God creates man. And, and then he creates the world. And he gives the world to man. It's kind of like there in here. He said, this is your gift for me, for me. And he gets them and he tells them that they have dominion over this, this place. And they come. And of course, we know in chapter 2, they made some really bad decisions. And I could say it this way, uh, because I associate with uh, Adam and Eve. I know we all do. We've all done things wrong. And we've destroyed the very gift that God has given us. Now, when Adam and Eve destroyed that, they destroyed their relationship with God. They destroyed uh, the world. Uh, sin came into the world. All the problems, the curse, all, I mean, we, I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I have noticed that the world is just so saturated in, in, uh, in, in corruption. And I, I'm sure I play a part too. I'm sure you play a part. We all play a part. I know a lot of times we like to look at corruption from a distance, but we all add to it. Let's be honest. Now, what's really beautiful is that even though you know, Adam and Eve, and we have destroyed the thing that God has given us. God's love was never destroyed towards us. That's the most beautiful thing. And after 
Genesis chapter 3, what it does is it starts the greatest love story that has ever been told. It's the story of God's love for man and how he desires to be with us. And then he comes, Jesus comes to earth to die for us, to get our names written in the book of life. Like I talked about last week, if you didn't see last week's message, make sure you're in the book of life and um, make sure there's a name on your forehead. Anyways, uh, and so Jesus comes and he dies on the cross. And then we get this scripture in Ephesians chapter one. It says this, it says, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom is, uh, was promised long ago, the spirit of God's guarantee that he will give us an inheritance he promised and that he has purchased for us to those who are his own people. He says it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says this, he says in, chapter, in verse 22, he says, he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a first installment that guarantees the promise for us or guarantees our inheritance. We have a guarantee. The Holy Spirit in our hearts is our guarantee of the inheritance of chapter 21 and 22 of Revelations. Now, we have this guarantee in our heart. It's, it's been put in our hearts. It's, it's, uh, it's a promise of what we will receive in the future. It's just like a we have not, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, we see dimly now. Then we will see face to face. We will see it all in all its glory. And trust me, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man those things which God has promised those who love him. It's going to be more glorious than even the words on the page in chapter 21 and 22. But from now until then, we are in this in between time. And in this in between time, I, I want to read a scripture verse because this talks about this in between time. And it's out of Romans chapter 8. It says this Since we are his children, hallelujah, since we have the Holy Spirit, since our name is written in the book of life, since we have decided to follow Christ, we are his heirs. That means we are the ones who will inherit. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of, God, of God's glory. So this inheritance will be God's glory for us. I think it's amazing. If we are not, if, excuse, but if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. That's why sometimes we sense and we, we experience suffering now. That's, that, that, that's, and it goes on, it says, but what we suffer now, this in-between time, is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Now listen to this. All of creation is waiting eagerly for the future, that future day when the Lord will reveal who his children are. He, they're talking about Revelation chapter 21 here. It says, against, against it, its, its will, all of creation was subject to God's curse. That's talking about Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve broke this relationship with God, not only did, he, did, did, did they break the relationship between man and God, but all the world, everything you see, all the world. When you look at a sunset and you think it's beautiful, wait until there's no curse. Wait until there's absolutely no curse. 
and it will look different. And so even the world is waiting. It says, but we, with eager hope, creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's people in glorious freedom from death and decay. See, even the world wants to be delivered from death and decay because the world has it too. For now, for, excuse me, for we know that all of creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right now up till the present time. So see, even the earth is like longing. You know, it says, and we, believe, we, and, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of the future glory. See, I know, I don't know about you, but there's a longing in my heart to be free. The beautiful thing about what Jesus did when he died on the cross is when he died on the cross, he forgave me of all my sins. My relationship with him was made perfect through the blood of Jesus. My name is written in the book of life. If that's you, your name is in the book of life. If you've asked Jesus uh, and you said, I want to be your follower, Jesus, I trust in you, then you're born again. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart and he redeems your relationship with God. Now, your body is yet to be redeemed. Our body is still decaying. And so in that way, we still groan like the earth, like creation. We still groan under this death and decay in that area. That's pretty much the only thing left for God to redeem is this world, is our bodies, and then, hallelujah, ha, uh, the way we live on this earth because it's going to be a new heavens and new earth. And so I want to be clear here that what happened is it says when God gives us full rights as his adopted children, we will get new bodies as he promised us. And so long ago, we forfeited these things. God loved us so much. He died for us and he redeemed us. He deposited the Holy Spirit in our hearts, guaranteeing the inheritance that we're going to talk about here in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. And that's why if you're suffering now, that's why over and over again in scriptures, for those like me and you who are waiting, he says what? To him who overcomes, to him who is victorious, to him who remains faithful, to him who endures till the end, to him who abides in me. All of those scriptures are saying, hold on, be encouraged. The salvation is coming. Salvation for your bodies. Everything is coming. The Lord is returning. He is going to wipe off evil from the earth. And he has an inheritance for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because it's a glorious inheritance that awaits us. That's why, as I said, one of the main scripture verses is in Revelation chapter 14 where it says, Remain faithful. Keep faithful, remain faithful, and keep your testimony for Jesus Christ. Revelation 21, 7 says it too. He says, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. We're going to talk about these blessings in a minute. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. The weight, in chapter 21 and 22, the weight is over. The inheritance is is being read, and it's for you and for me and all who believe in the Lord 
Jesus Christ. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, I want you to put your faith in him because I want you to receive this inheritance as well. And you know, as we, as we learn, and we're going to see at the end of chapter 22, he says, I am returning. I am coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. So let's read. I want to read, uh, or I want to show you about six or seven things that we see here as our inheritance in chapters 21 and 22 of Revelation. The first thing we see is that there's a new heaven and new earth. The, 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 the new heaven and new earth that comes, what it's saying is it's all going to be new. There's going to be absolutely not a drop of evil within the world. We can't even imagine this right now, but I long for it because I've been meditating on this. Can you imagine a world? Let me just say it this way. Isn't it, isn't it true? It's so hard to trust people. It's, I mean, it's hard to trust uh, officials. It's hard to trust those that are in charge. It's hard to trust uh, when someone makes a deal with you in business. It's hard to trust. There's so much lack of trust. And why? Because there's so much evil. Can you imagine just being able to sit and talk to your friend and know that he is telling the absolute truth, that there is absolutely no hint. There's not even a hint of evil or ill intent. That's what it's saying here. I saw a new heaven and new earth. It says in Revelation 21.3, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. Revelation 21.27 says, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practiced shameful idolatry or dishonesty, like I just said but only those whose names are written in the book of life. This is going to be a whole new world, a whole new society, and there will be absolutely no evil in it. My heart just rejoices knowing that that's coming. My heart longs for a time where this perfect fellowship with God and perfect fellowship with man and perfect world comes and we live in it. Now, I don't know if you're into sci-fi, but if you ever watch sci-fi or you watch some of these things, they always show these places of utopia. Have you ever seen those sci-fis where there's places where it's just like this perfect world and then man is in it? And if you watch almost every single time, if not every single time, by the end of the series or the movie, that world is corrupt. Why? Because man is still corrupt. But in this world, man will be completely and totally redeemed. And so there will be no evil to enter this place. Woo, that excites me. I look forward to that kind of place. Second, it's going to be a beautiful city. Now, remember I talked about that uncle of yours. If you were thinking about inheriting, you'd be thinking about you know, money. You'd be thinking about cars, maybe. God, maybe there was a, a special car that your uncle had that he knew you liked. And you're like, I hope he put that you know, in, 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 so that I can inherit it in my world, you know, in, my, in his will. I hope it was written for me. That's exactly what this city is. It says in Revelation chapter 21, 10, he says, and he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain. And I saw, and he showed me a, a holy city, Jerusalem, descending 
out of heaven from God. It's, it's shown with glory. It was shown with glory of God and the sparkles like, like precious stones, like jasper and clear as crystal. The city's walls were broad and high with 12 uh, gates ga- uh, guard, uh, guarded by the 12 angels and the name of the 12 angels of Israel were written on it. Remember in chapter a 14, I believe it is, in John, he says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. That's exactly what's going on here. Jesus has been working. He's still now putting together a glorious place for us to live, a place that's got, got a sea of glass, that's got uh, 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 streets of gold, that all those descriptions. Now, those descriptions... We, it can't even actually capture all of the beauty of the city of God that comes down out of heaven. That's part of our inheritance. So a world where there is no curse, where there is no evil, a city that is so beautiful that is prepared just for you and me to dwell in. And then it says in that city, there is a river, hallelujah, a river full of life. It says in Revelation 21, 6, he says, and I said, it is finished. I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I give freely from the springs of the water of life. In, Je- in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, he says, and then an angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the city. It is a river of life. And you know, remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you trust in me, out of you would flow rivers of living water. That's what he's talking about here. That's the inheritance, a glimpse of the inheritance. When the Holy Spirit comes in you and you sense these rivers of living water coming out of you, you you sense it by the Holy Spirit. That's exactly a promise guaranteeing that this is the river that you will taste when you get to heaven. He also said, anyone who is thirsty. Are you thirsty today? Are you thirsty? Aren't you thirsty for some water that will quench your thirst, that will finally heal your soul, that will finally make you satisfied. I know that many of you out there are looking to one thing, looking to another. You're trying to find satisfaction in, in sex or you're trying to find satisfaction in relationships or, or in money. But let me tell you, there is a river of living water that God will give you right now that is a promise guaranteeing what you'll see here in Revelation chapter 22 and 21. You can have it now. He said, to anyone who's thirsty, ask of me and I will give rivers of living water. Number four, there is a tree of life. Now you remember back in Genesis chapter two, there was a tree of life. It was in the garden. And it was actually made so that when they ate of that fruit, they would live forever and ever and ever. And so we see this tree back in the city of God. This tree has not gone away. This tree, hallelujah, is for you and me. And you can have a deposit of it right now in the Holy Spirit. Just ask Christ to let the Holy Spirit come into your heart. 
And he said this in this tree of life in Revelation chapter 22, uh, two, he says, each on each side of the river, you know, that river of life grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with, with, with a fresh crop each month. Oh, this is not old, stale stuff. We get a new bloom every month. And listen, it says, the leaves of the tree, not even the fruit, the leaves of the tree are for medicine to heal the nations. I believe that God wants us to experience that now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to leave my sermon for a minute. I'm going to go back and tell you, check out becomewhole.bali. Uh, Make sure you visit that because we are going to be asking God to, to basically spread out those leaves all over the city. We need healing for our city. We need blessings in our city. I want you to be a part of it. Let the Holy Spirit flow through you out into the city. Let's be the river, as it says in Ezekiel, the river of Ezekiel. Wherever we go, we bring life. And that's what we want to do in September. Make sure you visit that. I want everyone, I want to cover all of Dempasar and down. With, with prayers of blessings and peace. And in this city, we have this tree. And then number five, this may not be as, uh, so easy to see, but in Revelation 21, 4, it says this, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these will be gone forever. You know what's a beautiful thing about your inheritance that God promises? He promises that all past traumas, all hurts, all offenses, all mistakes, all sadness, all sorrow will be gone. He will wipe them from your eyes. As a matter of fact, this is one of the reasons why we here in this community, we have uh, people who will pray for you. They, we will, and if you want, we will contact you and we will pray for you for deliverance from past things because the very thing that's in heaven has been deposited in our hearts and we can experience that today. Now, we only get glimpses of it today. Sometimes we still get hurt through this life, but there will be a day where all of those will be wiped away and we will no longer experience it ever, ever again. I don't know about you, but when I say that, I just get this like sigh in my heart. I just like, like this like refreshing in my soul to know that even right now, Jesus has forgiven me of all my sins. Because of the blood, he has wiped all my tears away. He has. I thank God for that. He can do that for you today. And then finally, I have one more I want to share because this is the best one. I mean, we've talked about the city. We've talked about the tree of life. We've talked about the river. We've talked about past traumas being taken away. We've talked about all these things. But this is the greatest inheritance that we can have. Right here in this place, it says this, Revelation chapter 21, 3. It says, And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. He says it again in Revelation chapter 22, verse four. He says, and they will see his face. Woo! I want to see God's face. I can't wait to see God's face. 
And I know because my name is written in the book. If your name is written in the book of life, when you see his face, it will be glorious. It'll be like, I mean, I just get this small glimpse of it. You know, just the other day, you know, uh, I was sitting uh, downstairs on the couch and, and um, you know, my, my, my little uh, grandson and granddaughter came in the house and they were like, Baba, and they come running at me. I mean, my face just lit up. I mean, how can you not love such lovely kids? That's us running to God in the new heavens, in the new earth. His arms are going to open up wide and we're going to see him face to face. And his name will be written on our foreheads. Hope you caught that reference earlier. And there will be no night, no need for lamps or sun for the, for the Lord God will shine on them. He will be the glory and he will do this forever and ever. This inheritance will be a place where God dwells. When God comes down and he brings the city out of heaven, he's going to be in that city and he's going to welcome us home and we're going to live there forever with him. Hallelujah. And, and his glory is going to be on us and it's going to be, we're going to be restored to the very people that God desired long, long ago. I'm, I'm so excited for that time. That's why I keep saying, I hope your name is written in the book of life. I hope you've let Jesus into your heart and forgiven you of your sins and trust that he will promise and that he has promised you an inheritance like I've just described to you today. Finally, I love what happens at the end of Gen uh, Revelation chapter 22. It says this, John hears a voice. It says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, washing their robes in his blood. They will be permitted to enter the gates of the city and eat of the fruit of life and live forever. Revelation twenty two seventeen says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the, uh, from the water of life, come. This is an invitation right now. John, at the end of his book, he writes an invitation to you and to me. And... You know, I'll just say it this way. You know, my wife, she, she, she was a Christian before I was, you know. And, and, and even if I married her, let's say I wasn't a Christian and I married her, her being a Christian doesn't make me one. Even if I'm with families who, and my, my kate pay says that that's what I am, a Christian. That doesn't make me a Christian. The only thing that makes me a Christian is I have said, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I trust in you today. I believe in you today. I receive you, and you are now, I, Lord, I ask you to come in and forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with the rivers of life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Today I decide to follow you all the days of my life. And then he'll write your name in the book of life. And then when you come before the throne, he will open up the book and he'll say, yes. You are mine. Enter in to this city and live forever. See, God doesn't send anyone 
He doesn't send anyone to hell. It's a choice. And what do you choose? Do you choose the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? Or if you don't choose it, that's the decision that you have now before the Lord returns, before you see the Lord face to face, before you, uh, maybe you even, before you die. Say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you today. This has been a wonderful series in the book of Revelation. I have absolutely been totally blessed by it. I have seen the glory of God in the book of Revelation. I hope you have too. Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart like they did in the day of rebellion. Receive him. I want to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I pray for anyone here that Lord God feels that that conviction on their heart, that tug on their heart that says, I want to believe. I want to trust, oh Lord God. Today, I pray that they would hear your voice, that Lord God, they would open their hearts and they would receive you, Lord God. They would not turn away or resist you, but rather they would say, Lord, I want my name in the book. I want to 